Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 453 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. You said it. You said as always. I'm always here with you. As always, we're here together. That's not really true. Sometimes we're here with someone else or we're not here at all. We're not here at all. Often we're not here at all, actually. It might not seem that way to um, the people who are trying to get through hundreds of back episodes, but. That's true. That's true. Well, we are here together today on Tuesday. It's episode 453 and we have prepared dinner. No, we've prepared an episode about preparing dinner, specifically the meals that right now in our homes feeding our families are like always in the menu planning rotation. And I think we owe a shout out to young Owen for coining this phrase. Say more. Yeah. So when Owen was, I want to say, I mean, definitely it was when we were doing this podcast. Oh yeah. Like in the last five years or something. Yeah. Something like that. When he, he became pretty opinionated about, uh, the, the meals I made for dinner in his like early adolescence, let's say. So maybe five, six years ago, maybe he was like 11 or 12. And he, um, we went through a couple phases where I had to say, don't rate, don't rate my food with a number while I'm eating it or you're eating it. (laughs) Please don't give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. But I said, how about this? If you really like something, let me know. And he said, okay, well, mom, I want you to put this in the rotation. So that was, that was the beginning of the, the idea that he did. It was never a negative. It was like always in the affirmative, like mom put this in the rotation. And so, um, yeah, it's been very helpful over the years to kind of get a sense for what the kids are liking, what the kids are liking now. I think for myself, I have before gotten in phases where I keep making stuff they're not into. And finally I'm like, why isn't anybody like look that happy anymore? You used to love this. And they have to tell me that they've changed and they haven't actually enjoyed it for years. And I'm like, okay, so the always in rotation meals do change. Some of them have been consistent for us for a long time and and some are relatively new. So we're going to talk about this today. I'm really excited about this. It also, every time we do an episode about cooking dinner for our families, my imposter syndrome shows up and you know this, Megan, and listeners know it. I just don't, it's not an area I feel super confident in, in motherhood and that's okay. Um, and also I have a husband who loves to cook and in certain seasons of life, he's been doing almost all the dinner cooking and then we'll go into a different season of life. And I'm like, shoot, now I'm the main dinner cook again. What am I going to do? Like, so this is like, that's just how I am. But with always in rotation dinners, this feels like an easy one for me to talk about because our dinner, our meal plan is just not very interesting. It's like the same three or four things every week, but that's kind of what we're talking about today. So I, I can easily talk about a few things 
that always make the rotation. I know how we make them. I know how to shop for them. And most importantly, the kids all eat them. Or they at least when they see them written on the whiteboard, they're not like, wow, what is that? What's no. this? Yeah. They know their way. They know how to navigate that night's meal, even if it's not their favorite. Well, and I think it's also important to point out that just because something is always in rotation doesn't mean you're always the one cooking it. So that's true. There might be an I there might be some of these things that sometimes Brian is cooking. And in my case, yeah. that maybe sometimes Eric is cooking. So the the kids like them. They make it into the meal plan a lot. Whoever it is that cooks them as secondary. Yeah. Um, and they, the and they make sense for your family. I think that's a meal that's always in rotation is it makes sense for your family at this point in time. And we're going to share the ones that make sense for our families right now. Well, go, you go first and tell us what's always in rotation for you. Okay. Well, the first one that I picked is salmon and baked potatoes. The salmon Brian does usually cook it. Um, but I can, this is a meal where I can do all of the rest of it. And then he can walk in the door and, um, kind of pan sear the salmon. I can do the salmon if I have to, but he's just better at it. Um, Megan, I was 14 years into motherhood when I realized that one way to unlock an always in rotation meal is to pair two main things together that maybe the kids don't like both of them, but everybody likes one of them. And that is the case with salmon and baked potatoes in my house. There's five of us eating me, Brian, Luke, Reed, Violet. Three of us like salmon, me, Brian, and Luke. Love it. Uh, three people love a loaded baked potato. That would be the three kids, Luke, Reed, Violet. Um, Brian and I can take or leave a baked potato. Sometimes we split one or like eat a little bit of the skins. So this is a meal where once I realized that pairing the two together, first of all, they sound like they make sense together. One's a lean protein and one's kind of starchy and you can add more stuff to the baked potato. But it it took me that long to realize like, oh, I could always pair salmon and baked potatoes. I don't have to look for other things to serve with salmon or other things to serve right. with baked potatoes. They just always go together and it works for our family. Um, so yeah, I'll stop there. If you have questions about how we serve or anything else or how, how we cook, I do make a good baked potato on my own and we do serve a lot of fun fixings with the baked potatoes. Well, I have many things that I want to okay. say. One of them is that a baked potato in and of itself is a meal. You well, know, like is. that is for a read and violet. Sh- well, not eating salmon. It is for your kids who aren't eating <laughs> yeah. salmon. But yeah. I mean, like even just stopping at the baked potato, like you would yeah. be, I think there's a lot of, um, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have like well-rounded meals every single time that yeah. have like three things or whatever, or it's always different. And I think it's just, it's good to remember that your kids who are just eating that loaded baked potato are getting like a pretty full little meal in that potato. Yeah. So and you notice there was no salad and no veg no, in this no, meal because that's, that's not part of the rotation. If Brian really wanted to, and we had a salad maybe, but that I did not put it on there because very often it is just salmon and baked potatoes. Um, I also think this is a great way. This is a great one to lead with because I love that you, that you're saying you always put those two things together always. and you, you had to finally learn that like, it doesn't have to be one week I'm doing salmon and baked potatoes and the next week I'm doing salmon and sweet potatoes and the next week I'm doing salmon and Brussels sprouts. Like not that that's not wonderful. And if you know how, if you're confident and comfortable cooking all those things, you remembered to shop for them and your kids will eat them all great, but we overcomplicate things. Yeah, we do. Sometimes. And then every time I'd be like, well, three of us love salmon, but what am I going to feed the other two? And it's like, I like, like the lazy genius says, I just decided once it's salmon and those two things go together and then everyone has something to eat. Okay. So I do have some questions. Yep. First of all, how we didn't really define this in the beginning. And I'm sure it's for me, at least it's different for each different meal, but how often would you guess that this particular always in rotation meal makes it into the rotation? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say we have it at least every other week and there might even be some back-to-back weeks when we do yep. it. I get my salmon at Trader Joe's um, and whenever I get it, we eat it within a couple of days because this particular salmon is not frozen. I think you you could cook from frozen. You know, that would be great, too. I just happen to get it fresh and I go to Trader Joe's about once a week, but I don't all it doesn't. Yeah. So I'm going to say every other week we probably have this every other week. And do you uh, does it come pre-seasoned or is it just do you nope. always season it the same? Yeah. So it does not come pre-seasoned, but it does come fresh. And Brian does really, really simple like garlic powder 
salt and pepper. And then I think he sears it in a pan with a little bit of butter, maybe a little bit of butter and oil, both like a little of one of each. And then just kind of like with the, with the pan pan juices keeps basting it um, until it is done and it is delicious. And then, yeah, the baked potatoes are done the first part of the time in the microwave and then finished in a really hot oven, which I think is an America's test kitchen hack that I learned. Um, And the kids will eat They'll eat two baked potatoes each if they're kind of smaller or one really big one. Okay. One final question. Yeah. If Brian were out of town, would you a attempt this on your own and B would you be, would you feel, I don't know, comfortable or like, would it even be worth it to you to make it a different way? I think I'd probably skip this one if you were out of town. Okay. Um, because I have such positive associations with like, the way it works for the five of us. Like when we eat this meal, we're all five around the table sitting down. And when he uh, later in the episode, I'll talk about like a new in the rotation when he's out of town. I think I just do different things when he's gone. Makes sense. I was only asking because, um, the way I do salmon is like so fast Mm. and like Brian's way sounds really good, but also, um, a little more chefy. Yeah. It's totally chefy. He's like, he, you you know this about him. He looks like he's on a team, like a a cooking show when he cooks, like he's like got fancy tricks and tools. And, oh, I also wanted to say that, um, two of my three kids really like chopped up bacon on their baked potato. And I used to be really intimidated by cooking bacon and I'm finally not anymore. So I will do all of the baked potato stuff, including um, cooking up some bacon. And then we have the bacon. It's just already cooked. And the kids put it in sandwiches or other things throughout the week. So um, on our we usually have chives, bacon, cheese, sour cream. Like if we're on our we're on our A game, we have all the good stuff for the baked potatoes. Would any of your kids ever put salsa on a baked potato? I personally find that abhorrent, uh, but I know there are people who really like it. So my kids probably would if they thought of it, but you know what Reed puts on his is uh, Frank's red hot, like Buffalo wing sauce. Yeah. So that sounds about the whole thing. And so then it turns, it's like the weirdest color. Like you look over and he's eating, he doesn't eat the salmon, but he eats something that's essentially like salmon colored, like a bloody mush on a, (laughs) it's so weird, but Megan, everybody's happy. Everyone's happy. And that's all that matters. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. 
Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, Megan. So what is always in rotation for you? So I'm going back to the OG for this. This is one of my original always in rotation meals, which honestly predates Owen demanding that it go in rotation. Um, But it's essentially similar to what you were saying about things that paired well. Mm -hmm. It was a big old hunk of meat with some kind of roasted veggies on the side. And this is like a little less specific because it might have been pot roast and carrots. Those always pair well or pork tenderloin and new potatoes. Those always pair well. And there's more, you know, like there's always been different cuts or whatever that we're eating at any different time that we're into. What used to happen when the kids were really little, that is that somebody would be really into the veggies and somebody would be really into the meat. And there was a lot of trading that would go on at the table. Uh And as we talked about back then, I would always just have a bread basket or plate with some bread on it. And so I felt like everyone got definitely enough food. And I really didn't care if one of them was eating, you know, pot roast and bread and the other one was eating carrots and bread and the other one was eating bread and bread. Bread It was just like, bread and bread. I just kind of knew that was what was going to happen. Um, I will say that when my kids, when I had five young children in the house, this was a very literal strategy. Like it would be a huge, the biggest piece of meat I could find. If I bought, let's say a chuck roast, I'd get two. So there would be six and a half pounds of meat on the table. Mm -hmm. And then like two cookie sheets or two, um, you call those baking sheets, baking baking sheets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, full of vegetables and we would eat all of that. I've really had to remind myself to scale that back. So now it's more like a normal sized hunk of meat. Um, and maybe like half of a cookie sheet full of mixed veg. Um, or we just save whatever for leftovers the next day makes lots of times those roasted veggies make really good, uh, hash in the morning. So we still use it, but like, I am not buying meat in the quantities that I used to. The, the sort of idea of this really classic meat and two veg or meat and Uh veg and, you know, meat and veg and bread on the side meal has really stood the test of time. I have, my first question is more of like a technical one because I need to picture it. When the big hunk of meat is finished cooking and you're about to serve or plate and serve or whatever you do, are you like shredding? Are you slicing? Are you leaving it in a big Dutch oven and let <laughs> picturing like little Viking children reaching in? Like how is, how are most of these chunks of or hunks of meat being served from like oven to plate? Tell me so, the journey from oven to plate. Yeah. So my, okay. This, this depends a little bit on how, of how much on my game I am and how many people are eating at once. So the way I used to always do it is that I would put the, the veg would all go together usually because usually it was things that could cook together. So yeah, maybe I was doing carrots and Brussels sprouts or uh, carrots and green beans, but they were like carrots and green beans. It wasn't yes, like on the carrot. Tray. That's yeah. how I usually do yeah. it. Uh, and I would usually just put those into a bowl because then it, it's a lot easier than to putting it on the table on a cookie, a hot cookie uh-huh. sheet. And I'd put that on the table and cover okay. it. And then the meat, depending on the meat, like, so maybe the meat would be, if it was pork tenderloin, I would slice it and put it out, um, slice like on a plate. Okay. Um, and if it was, let's say like, if let's say it was pot roast, it, I was not leaving it in the Dutch oven. It was always coming out into some sort of grabbable size, like, because I didn't want to be out at the table trying to portion stuff and cut yeah. it at the table. Like that was stuff I did before I called anyone to the table when they were little. Yeah. Now, and I didn't know if we were getting into like shred, like, like more like pulled pork, like that kind of shredded yeah, if it or was pot roast. Older, get... Well, but, but pork, like a pot roast and is kind of shreddy, right? It's sort yeah, of falling yeah. apart. So like, same thing. Like it would, yeah. I would do anything that needs to be done. If it was a, if it was shredded pork, I would shred it. Well, by that point it would be falling apart because yeah. I cook it for so long. Yeah. So by the time it makes it to the table, it's in whatever form a kid could use a pair of tongs yep. or okay. a fork or whatever and grab it and eat it without having any additional prep yeah. happening, happening at the table. Now that there's fewer of us, if I'm only serving, you know, Clara, me and Eric and Owen, 
I have a big platter and I'll usually put everything on the platter. Yeah, makes sense. And sometimes when I'm really lazy, I just tell everyone to go to the oven and at the stove and grab their own. So if if Owen had his druthers, if he had his first choice of rotation, which of the big hunks of meat does he have a favorite or is is this still like any one of these would still please the remaining troops? Well, I didn't mention the pulled pork. Probably the mm, probably the pulled pork, but only if I did it when it with like like a hash over the vegetables, which isn't yeah. quite what I'm talking about here. Right. That's different. That's, yeah, and that's you, we, different. You have a blog post with that recipe. Yeah. So that'll be a I think probably the pot roast. He, okay. He'll always he, he always loves a good chuck roast with carrots like that's a winner. Winner, winner. Yeah. Well, what about your next always in rotation meal? Okay. Well, this is um, something that I feel like has finally solidified in the rotation. I mean, we've always had some kind of taco night, burrito night, Mexican night in rotation for years and years. But this, the last couple of years, this one has solidified so that like similar to salmon and baked potatoes, like once this is on the menu, I know exactly what to do. So this is burritos with slow cooker shredded chicken and then all the burrito fixins. And so um, here's how we do it. I do chicken breast in the slow cooker with a can of salsa verde, like like grocery store green salsa and some white onion and sometimes lime and cilantro, depending on what else I put in there. But honestly, and then some chicken broth to cover it. So the slow cooker handles the slow cooking of the chicken breast. And by the end of, and also it doesn't take all day. Like I always used to think like crockpot stuff took 12 hours. This takes, I can, it can be one o'clock in the afternoon and I can set this up and it'll be done. It could take three or four hours. It really doesn't take very long. Um, And it's very forgiving. The can of salsa verde is always a good for the flavor profile, but I've done it a million different ways and not messed it up. Um, Brian discovered the hack of once that chicken is cooked, I will pick out the big chunks of onion because the kids don't want like a giant onion. If a few slip through, that's fine. Uh, But I do the onions in there mostly for flavor. And then um, you can use a handheld mixer to shred the chicken, which I don't think either of us really realized, but it takes I've never done that. It works. It's so fast. It takes like 10 seconds. Yeah, I think Brian saw it on Instagram or something. So just um, like an old fashioned, sorry, yep. like an, with the, with the, I don't know how you yes. even describe the yes. things you'd use to make cookie batter. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mine is from the seventies. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. and so that will, and just in a mixing bowl and then, then we put it kind of back in the crock pot. So now it's in the crock pot and it's kind of in its juices. Um, and we have a set of tongs. So that is the meat for the burrito. Um, and then I have now we have a favorite tortilla that we get it. I don't get them at Trader Joe's because they're just better at the big box grocery store. And it's like an extra large tortilla that's meant for burritos. So you don't have the like falling apart or the ripping. So that kind of like helps solidify things. And then I have a microwavable bag of Spanish rice from Trader Joe's. Now, you and I both love our rice cooker. For this meal, I don't use the rice cooker because this Trader Joe's one bag of microwavable Spanish rice, that it's like such a good flavor profile. And I already have the crock pot out on the counter. So the rice cooker feels like a whole thing. Um, so we do that for the rice and then, you know, cheese, salsas, um, maybe sour cream, maybe avocado if we have it. And then what makes this so yummy, and I even really look forward to this, is we have a flat griddle on our on our stovetop range, but you could also use just a, a frying pan. And over like medium heat, the kids will make their burritos with all the fixins, and then we will basically like flat griddle toast them um, like they would at mm, Chipotle or yeah. something. There's no press. You're not like panini pressing them no, down. No, I know what you but mean. But you're just kind of like sealing it all in. Mm-hmm. And you get that nice brown. It gets brown and then the cheese gets extra melty because sometimes the I feel like the hot meat doesn't do all the work of melting all the melty stuff. Um, and then you can like cut it with a knife, like, like you feel like you're at like Chipotle or something like a really good burrito. And I don't even think like Brian sometimes will turn all this into a salad instead of a burrito for himself. So he might have all of his stuff on a bed of greens, but I don't even think we're serving sides chips usually. Um, in fact, some of my kids put crumpled up tortilla chips inside their burrito. So we would have like a bag of chips open, fresh cilantro, lime. This meal makes an enormous mess at the beginning, but then it's eaten. It's like such a good delivery system for so many different ingredients and so modifiable for different tastes that 
the mess is like temporary. Um, and it's, I, I mean, I look forward to it. It's so yummy. I'm, I, it's so funny. I never make burritos at home, which is silly. Cause mm-hmm. I do a lot of tacos and I do nachos every now and then. And a burrito, it feels like you just get so much more food and it does have that special feeling. I might, and I'm already using like when I do tacos, I'm already using the frying pan to warm up the shells. So it wouldn't be yeah. even any more work. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I do think having the right burrito, um, cause there's, not, there's nothing more disappointing. I mean, there are, but very few things in life are more disappointing than trying to like make a burrito and it's all falling out the sides and right. then the tortilla yes. rips. So I will I say think that that's why I don't do it. I think this, I'm afraid that'll happen. This became much more enjoyable when we just found it. They're just the mission brand, which are everywhere around here. I don't know. Yeah, and they're just, too. They they're say very just soft, like, they're too. very soft and they say like extra large burrito. They're just the ones that are meant for this. And so, yeah, yummy, yummy. Um, and then I'll eat that chicken. I mean, we'll make the exact same thing the next day. If we might have it two nights in a row, someone might have it for lunch or after school. So the kids are very happy. I have a question for you about making this sort of, the sort of food, whether it's burritos or tacos or whatever. Yeah. Do you put all the little fixins out like in their own individual little bowls or do you throw the bag of cheese on the counter? You, if it's just a family night, we would just throw the bag of cheese on the counter. It just makes for more dishes. We do this sometimes like for, if we have my parents and brother over for doing like an extended family dinner, it does feel special to do it that way sometimes. Um, another thing I like to do is take a giant cutting board and then have little piles. Cause Ooh, that yeah, feels a fun. little more. So like chopped up cilantro. Um, even like with avocado, I I'll make what I call cutting board guacamole, which is literally just mashing the avocado with a little lime and salt. And then it's not really guacamole, but it's a little more than just avocado. So yeah, a big, a big cutting board is another like fun way to display all your fixins without just having like bags of open, open bags of cheese and chips. But we do that regularly. Another question for you. Do you have just one kind of salsa or do you find that kids in your house or taco sauce or whatever, yeah. or do you find that different people have different preferences for things like size of chunks or yeah. heat? So when like, I try to be the most predictable and the most mild when it comes to how the chicken is cooked, which is why I have this one salsa verde that everybody likes. And that is sort of like the base for cooking the meat. But then I do like to have a bunch of different options that people can individually add to their burritos, if that makes sense. So I'm, I know too much. I mean, I I've been burned too many times to experiment at the base level, but at the individual customization level, no, I meant the customization level. So you might have two taco sauces or two salsas out or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And, and like Brian, Brian to read like hot sauces. So they'll get more into like the hot sauces. Whereas I, Violet and I really like like a green salsa or a pico de gallo. So whatever we have. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I think this is one of those things I don't do right now. My rotation does not include enough like Mexican food frequently enough for me to have multiple yeah. salsas and sauces and things like that in the fridge. Cause they would go bad. Like we're just not using them enough. Yeah. So right now I think I kind of, I don't, I, but I have right now all of the fixings for what you just, just like all of it. I have the chicken. I don't have those nice burritos, but I could do tacos yeah. or something, but I don't have, I don't think any salsa in the house. So not that you have to have it, but it no, it makes it fun. So it does. And it, it gives the flavor to the chicken. And something about putting salsa in the slow cooker with the chicken definitely keeps that chicken breast nice and moist, which is, which is important yes. when it's chicken breast because they can totally. dry out. Totally. Oh, I meant to ask you with a burrito, how often do you think that that's in rotation? So I think um, that's a fun question. Like, like what does it even mean for something to be in rotation? I know. I mean, I'm going to say the same about every other week. So almost every rotation, I don't even know like the length. What is my rotation? Is it a week's worth of meals? I feel like we're more on like, I feel like it's like 10 10 meals or something. Yeah. I feel like a 10 day to two week, um, period of time, because in there you have lots of leftovers, you have lots of nights where everyone's having cereal. And so it's not like a week is five family dinners. It's, it's probably more five in the course of 10 to 14 days. And then it starts all over again. All right. What's up in your rotation? Yeah. Well, this is a newer, I would say probably two years now, this has been, uh, in the rotation a lot. And if Owen could, he'd have it two or three times a week. Ah, 
So this is rice that I make in the rice cooker, just white rice. White rice. Diced okay. up chicken. Um, diced up chicken. I prefer thigh, but um, at Aldi, I can't always find chicken thighs like in from the brand I want. Um, so sometimes it ends up being breasts, and breasts are a little easier to like. There's there's positives to working with breasts, yeah. but they just don't have the flavor that thighs have, and yeah. thighs are cheaper. Um, and then with some kind of flavorful seasoning. Now, this is where sometimes it's kind of like a rotation meal that is actually more than one because often it's a butter chicken or butter chicken type food, like an Indian sauce of some sort, but sometimes it's stir fry sauce or something like that. Um, sometimes it's just like I wing it with spices out of the um, fridge or out of the fridge. No, I don't put my spices in the fridge. <laughs> spices out of the pantry and make it a little bit more of that Mexican flavor. So it's different every time. And then if I have the time, I might do a butter chicken from scratch. Um, if I don't, I might use a jar of sauce that I got it at Aldi or mm -hmm. um, at Meyer. And I can, I sometimes will doctor that a bit. I don't, I don't love the jarred sauces straight up. I find like they're just always lacking a little something like a little creaminess or something. Yeah, or so probably acid. I'm, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. So I might like when I'm, you know how when you pour something out of a jar, there's always a little bit left. Yeah. I might pour a little bit of cream in there and shake it around and then it That's makes the sauce like smart. creamier and then you don't waste any of the sauce or I've, um, I'll sometimes add yogurt because I find that that gives it a little bit of a bite, a little bit of interest. But anyway, the jarred sauce is perfectly acceptable and this meal will take me, I mean, the rice cooker takes an hour, but only two minutes of that is me putting the rice and water in and turning it on. Right. And then cutting up the chicken might take five minutes and then putting it in a pan and pouring sauce over it and then letting it simmer. I'm not doing anything for yeah. most of that time. Yeah. It's so, so quick. And I get like rave reviews over something I barely did anything for. Do you, um, can you talk to me about the pan you're using and do you put a little oil in first and kind of brown the chicken and then add the sauce yep. or are you literally dumping it all in? Okay. Nope. I brown the chicken first. Okay. I mean, you could skip that, but it right. wouldn't really, it wouldn't really save you much time. Right. And I think the flavor is worth it. So yeah, I brown, I put a little oil in the pan. Um, I use avocado oil cause it doesn't smoke when it gets hot. I, I have a, my, my caraway that's yep. got the nice high side. Now I do have pans that give you a, to be honest, a better sear, like a better mm -hmm. brown, but then that don't have that nice, that nice tall side Yeah, um, that that caraway pan has, which I love for sauce. So I just turn the heat way, way up mm -hmm. and wait and make sure that that pan is super hot before I put the meat in. And it's not like, especially if you have a lot of meat. So if you're doing a lot of chicken in a pan at once, you're not going to get the same browning as you would if you're mm -hmm. doing in batches, but sometimes I don't care that much. It's like good enough is good enough, you know? Yeah. And my other technical question is I feel like I haven't cooked chicken that way in a really long time. And I think one of the reasons is I, I have a tendency to make it really rubbery. Um, and I just don't know what is the thing that does that. If it's overcooking it, if it's, I'm just not sure. So I'm going to guess it's overcooking. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the size of the pieces. Yeah. Is affecting that too. Like maybe yeah. they're too small mm -hmm. or inconsistent. They're As inconsistent. you were talking, I was thinking that, um, depending on like where you can get shrimp and how affordably there's, um, shrimp would also be really yummy in the exact, like yeah, everything else, ex keeping everything else exactly the same. Um, and and sometimes shrimp can be quite affordable and it can also thaw really, you can have it frozen and then just thaw it in the morning and then have yep. it ready to go. So I used to do that kind of meal with shrimp quite a bit, like, I don't know, in 10 years ago's rotation. And I haven't in a long time. So that's a good, good reminder. I haven't really either in a long time. And I think it's because I had a really hard time finding for a, for a while there. I don't know if I was just looking in the wrong spot, but I wanted the shrimp that was small, deveined and peeled. And I had a really hard know, time. I don't think it. it's you. There, there's like so many. It's like with shrimp, there's like six different uh, attributes and yeah. you have to find the one they you want. They all look the kind so of the same on the yes. package. And and then a guy told me at the grocery store that there was a shrimp shortage like oh, a year ago. And I don't know okay. if that if that corrected itself. I think I stopped even trying because I used to always have a bag in the freezer and I would pull it out. Not every 
time, but like every third or fourth time. And that I did a lot of um, shrimp pasta and shrimp uh-huh. like with rice, sometimes shrimp tacos. And I just haven't yeah, really I recently haven't either. But as yeah. you were talking, I was like, oh, and then that would also be good with shrimp. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is um, it, it, I don't know what kind of chicken you were doing that way, but chicken thighs, I think, are just so much more forgiving. They don't dry out. Yeah. They don't they just don't get that rubberiness that I think I know what you're talking about with white meat. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think chicken thighs are where it's at. Yeah. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Motion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So there's always going to be things that are uh, in the rotation for a minute or a decade, right? Mm -hmm. And then rotate their way on out. So what's something for you that was in the rotation but isn't anymore? Yeah, this is so funny to think about. And I bet if I if we like, we went back to old episodes of the Mom Hour where we talked about dinners, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we used to make yeah. that all the time. Well, I'm going to say that pasta night of any kind used to be a regular and just isn't anymore. And I can trace exactly why. Um, one of my kids does not really like anything pasta based, which is so weird because kids normally love noodles. But Reed doesn't like any form of pasta. So that's one Very person strange. down. Yes. And then Brian is always trying to eat a little less, you know, like white flour based food. <laughs> right. And um, I could kind of go either way. And so uh, for a while, like he and I were making these lentil noodles and then we'd make regular noodles for the kids. And then we'd make like um, I used to do like mushrooms and bell peppers and then like a jar sauce, kind of make like a like a very chunky flavor filled sauce. And then some kids didn't want sauce and some kids only wanted butter. I mean, it, I think it was one of those that started out like, oh, this is a good meal where everyone can um, deconstruct it a little bit and make their own thing. And then it was like way more complicated than it needed to be. Um, and honestly, I don't know that anybody truly loved it. So unlike a burrito where everyone's so happy with the burrito that they end up with, I don't think anybody liked pasta night. And it just seemed it seemed so affordable and obvious, but it just eventually worked its way out of the rotation. So Violet and Luke still love like a good bowl of noodles, but they'll just make themselves that after school one day. We just never eat pasta anymore. 
That's so funny because pasta used to also be hugely in our rotation. Um, it's not the kind of thing Eric really eats, although he'll do like zoodles, which he and I will argue. I'm like, that is not pasta. Zoodles are not a noodle substitute. They're a vegetable, which I really like them. Yeah. But not as like, it's not the same thing. Anyways, yeah. um, I just think it started to feel like the kids had such a lackluster response to it after a while. And then they were basically only in it for the frozen garlic bread. Um, and then we'd have a whole bunch of pasta that didn't get eaten, which I would be yeah. kind of, you know, irritated about. When talking about things that we were really into 10 years ago, let's say, I used to make a ziti, a full-on 9 by 13 yeah. casserole dish of ziti, baked ziti, probably once a week for a long time. Now, it's, kind, it's not that, like, it's kind of high. Um, a lot of work for what it is. The fact right. that it's like noodles, meat, and sauce. There was yeah. a lot that had to happen yeah. to get it kind of all in the consistency and like all in the, yeah, you, like the order that you cook things in and layering it all in and all that. But that work was 100% worth it back in the day when you doing like, I would sometimes do two casserole dishes full. And by the end of the week, they were gone. Yeah. Now, if I did one, it would take, a week for the kids to eat and they'd never finish it. So right. it just like, it started to not be worth the investment of time. Yeah. So I realized this the other day, I don't make stew anymore. And stew was a big one that yeah, I used to I make. Remember that. And yeah. Owen at one point in his very honest manner just said, I'm not really into stew. <laughs> and I was like, were you ever into stew? He's like, I don't know, but I'm not now. I think they would just rather, if I was going to have all the ingredients that go in a stew, they'd rather just have it like pot roast and veg, which is uh -huh. essentially a stew, right? They right. would rather just have it on a plate right. than trying to make the soup thing out of it. But speaking of like a time of life that just no longer exists for me, we don't have any of those traditional like convenience food, like corn dogs, chicken nuggies, um, boxed mac. We just don't have it. And no one ever asks for it. If I had it around, they'd eat it, but I never buy it and no one ever asks. And I think. I think there was a time in my life, well, I know this, it was a long period of time where I always had something like that in the freezer. Yeah. But nowadays, I don't feel like it would solve my, it wouldn't solve a problem for me anymore. Yeah. I know what you And mean. I think everybody would just rather have the food I, I would, like, they would rather have my food that I want to yeah. cook and I want to cook it anyway. And then there's usually leftovers. It's just, our lives are so different. And yeah. I remember that being like, oh my gosh, this is my Hail Mary. Yeah. I want to get dinner on. I'm going to pull out a corn dog and I'm going to serve it with frozen peas and yeah. that's dinner. And it was like, yay, look at, I did it. I mean, I planned a meal, but now I just don't think it just doesn't, it wouldn't, it doesn't do any, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's not a judgment on the nutrition or anything. It's just, yeah. Right. It's not, so, it is not, um, fitting in the, it's not solving a problem. It's not like it would take us all longer yeah. to stand around waiting for the microwave to be done right. or That's whatever. Right. Like it just, and I still got to, or I put it in the oven on a cookie sheet, then I might as well do one of these other things. It's just as easy. So exactly. Anyway. And, or, or now you want to serve it with rice. And if you're making rice, why wouldn't you just, you know, right. do this, other make thing. something else. Right. Um, I do feel like we are still in that era of some kind of convenience, frozen convenience things. My kids tend to really want them. Um, for like after school snacks. So we we're not, we have not graduated from that. Um, but I, I'm not leaning on them for dinners quite as much as maybe I did at some point. So, yeah, I think it's funny how some of these things slip out of the rotation without you having to make a big declaration that you're not going to buy that thing anymore. It's not yeah. like I went, I'm not going to buy corn dogs anymore or whatever. I just one week, I guess I just didn't buy them. And then life went on and I made other things. And yeah, yeah it's sometimes it's funny how that happens. Totally. Well, is there anything that's new to your rotation lately? Yeah. Um, probably six months ago, um, I had a HelloFresh recipe and it was Mushu pork bowls with cabbage. I believe we were doing an advertising campaign with them and I talked about it in the ad yeah. because the kids loved it. And I think I've even made that HelloFresh recipe yeah. before and I think it's delicious. I mean, there was nothing that magical about it. It was ground pork and some diced or like sliced up cabbage, diced up cabbage, and then a sauce, which you can buy those sauces at the mm -hmm. store too. You know, if you, if you just want to have them in your fridge. 
So I just shamelessly ripped it off and um, I've been making it at home and the kids love it. Like this is the kind that Owen would be like, oh, mm, oh, mom. Oh, you've really outdone yourself. Oh, I mean, you know, he's kind of acting a little bit, but I'll take it. And the funny thing is I also sometimes will do um, like a Korean beef bulgogi, which has a very similar flavor. There's like a lot of ginger. They also okay. love that, but that's like a whole to do. You have to slice this beef really thin against the grain. You have to marinate it. And then that kind of like steak beef is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Pork, ground pork is very cheap, but the flavors are super similar once you have the sauce in there. It's so fast. Yeah. I feel like that would um, go well, go over, over well with my kids too. So the pork bowl, like remind me, is, there was like a cabbage slaw or something in there too, yeah. right? Do you do that? I feel like the recipe I used, or at least what I've been doing now, is I just put the cabbage in with the meat, the meat while it's cooking. Oh, so it okay. all comes out sense. together. Oh, that um, makes sense. I feel like it was photographed like it was a slaw, but then the ingredients or the recipe said to mix it in. And it's just that. It's basically pork with cabbage on a bed of rice. And maybe there are some like scallions, which I have skip half the time because my kids don't care about scallions. Oh, my kids love green onions and chives and scal and yeah, all, all kinds of, isn't that funny? The weird yeah, thing for kids to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How about you? What is new to your rotation? Well, I'm going to make this tonight actually, as we record this. So this is something in my quest to have some rotation dinners that I feel good about when Brian is traveling instead of like, Oh, dad's out of town. I guess we're having cereal again. <laughs> like I could definitely get in, in moods yeah. like that. So I am dubbing this fun sandwich night or panini night, or I think I've also called it fancy grilled cheese night. Um, but one of those things I would declare it ahead of time, this is what we're doing. And I'd pull out, um, throughout the week from making lunches and other things that my kids eat, we end up with like a lot of different kinds of cheese and a couple different kinds of meat. We might have like tonight we have, um, grilled chicken breast that is sliced thin. So it's not like from the deli section, like Brian actually cooked it on the grill and then sliced it thin. Um, but it might also just be like deli chicken or deli ham. So we pull out all the meats we have, all the cheeses we have. Sometimes we might have a jar of pesto. Sometimes there might be like some other interesting sauce. And, um, I have this French bread, sliced French bread that I buy at Trader Joe's and keep in the freezer because we're not eating it all the time. Um, but get out some of that, or maybe we have hamburger buns. This is like essentially clean out the fridge and make your perfect panini sandwich. And then same thing. We have that flat griddle and I have one of those heavy iron, like, like a press. It looks like the old fashioned iron almost, but it's flat and you use it to press down a grilled cheese or a panini. And so everybody makes their own similar to burrito night. It makes a big mess on the front end, but there's something really fun about building. I love like a perfect sandwich. So we've had before like brie, turkey and pesto or like I did like, oh, uh, this is the last time I did kind of just a fancy grilled cheese. I had two different kinds of cheeses, sliced tomato, onion sliced really thin. Um, and then, you know, I buttered the bread. And so I think it just it helps us look forward to like dad's out of town. We're going to eat around the counter. It, it's not like a true blue family dinner, but it's also not a total phone it in because everybody and then we're like, oh, what are you putting in yours? Oh, what are you putting in yours? So we kind of take turns to use the griddle and press it down and we all admire like how toasty we wanted and how melty. And so, yeah, I would say there's more like emotion tied to fancy grilled like, cheese. It's night. like a participatory event or something yes. like a, like a sport. <laughs> like, and I think that's yeah. what I need in order to care about cooking dinner for my family. I have a different, I'm wired differently in terms of like the way I feel about, I just don't care about dinner very much. I could eat cereal for dinner and be fine. So I need to trick myself into making this something fun. And this is a way that's fun. So we are doing, um, fancy grilled cheese night tonight, um, with, and Brian's, uh, at a work thing and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I kind of want to steal this idea because, uh, we are recording this right before my dinner time starts and I'm still a little bit laid up with this back issue. So maybe I'll just go throw some bread and cheese at the kids, depending on what we have in the cheese drawer. I feel like we always have odds and ends of cheese yeah. that like we didn't finish. Um, yeah. Ooh, and a turkey. That sounds so good. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do any of your kids ever sort of thwart the spirit and be like of the game and be like, actually, I just want craft singles? 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, especially if they if they catch a whiff that this is like not a real dinner, but kind of like a clean out the fridge dinner, then all of a sudden, like Violet will be like, well, I'm just going to make a can of soup. And I'm like, well, but that's, but that's not, not like, what this is. I try to have some kind of like boundary or container so that at least we're all kind of eating the same thing. But that is it's like there's too many loopholes there. Right, there, right, right. Mom, so. it seems like you're sort of phoning this in so I get to in my own way. But you're like, but I'm not, though, emotionally. Right. Right. Well, and sometimes we'll say it's uh, like sometimes we'll say it's leftovers slash clean out the fridge night. And I always feel good about that because I like using leftovers. I like cleaning out the fridge and the kids will just wander to the left, which is the freezer. And all of a sudden they're making like bags of frozen gnocchi and and um, like freezer pizzas. I'm like, no, no, no. That is not the spirit right. of clean out the fridge night. Those are the things we save for like that's a different kind of like special night or mom and dad are out on a date or something but clean out the fridge means you stay in the fridge area and you eat what's in there we're not getting the actual fridge yeah yeah you know while we were both talking I was thinking about how just like things slowly exit the rotation it takes a little while to bring things fully into the rotation because this like pork thing that I've now done a handful of times since I first made the HelloFresh recipe I'm now like, oh, I could do this every other week. Like, I don't, it, yeah. it takes a while for it to occur to you to do it. And, and then I you think have that, to get it on your shopping list. Yes. That's what's yeah. it, like, if it, if it feels like a one-off, then it's not going to make it, the ingredients aren't going to make it onto your regular shopping right. list. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of funny. It doesn't happen all at once. It's not like one day you declare this is now in the rotation and you make it once a week. It's just, it, it's more um, uh, organic than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, last question. Is there anything you would like to bring into the rotation besides the ideas you got from me today and vice versa? Because I think we inspired each other. <laughs> now but we're going to have twice as many things yeah. on our rotations. Yeah. Anything else that you feel like would work, but you just haven't found the right recipe or hit the right rhythm? Yeah. Well, I, I think I maybe have talked about this on the show, but my only resolution this year um, in 2024 was to eat more beans. beans. That, it was just word kind of, of a... Year. It, the word of the, my word of the year is beans. And it was kind of a joke sort of, but, but a, for real joke, because I was like, actually, I really want to eat more beans. I want to experiment with them. I want to make them more part of a staple of our diet. And the way for me to do that was to make it a resolution, I guess. So I've been making so many beans, I love but it. what I haven't really figured out how to do yet is how to incorporate the beans into sort of like family meals where it's not just me tucking into a big pile of beans, like more adventurous sides maybe that have beans in them. Um, Mm -hmm. Like that lentil situation that you shared with me yesterday when we were talking that on the show. Um, Yeah. Sarah shared a recipe that had lentils in it and it sounded amazing. The trick of course, is that just because I like something that doesn't mean the kids will be interested. So do I make it and just kind of put it out? And if they skip it, they skip it. Do I just keep it to myself? I don't know, but I feel like I could... I feel like my side and salad game could use a little work. Um, how are your kids with the beans that you've been doing so far? Like, do your kids, do Owen and Clara eat beans at all? I mean, like in they any would form? If they, were, if they were in a soup or a chili, yes. Yeah. But like, I've made things like a white bean, spinach, and like garlicky lemon spinach side dish. They're not going to probably, right. it's, right. it's delicious, but they don't want to give it a chance. Right. Or I, um, <laughs> I made that Korean beef and I was like, Oh, I bet you there's some, like, there's probably some authentic Korean side dish that has beans. And it turns out there is, it's like a, a black bean dish. Yeah. And I made them and the kids were kind of like, meh. Yeah. They didn't yeah. love it. So I think it's going to be an uphill battle and maybe it's not a battle worth. I feel like I'm in this creative bean mode right now where I want to try it and I want to get them in and maybe they just don't care. Yeah. I never will care. But I, I think I'm going to keep trying. They would also eat baked beans. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, baked beans has been a, a rotating side at times for us. I don't us. like them. I don't I, like them. So. I, can, I will eat them at a barbecue. I'll eat like three bites at a barbecue. But I never, I, I don't crave them or anything. There's something about the sweet yeah. and like mushy. It's yeah. just not my thing. Um, yeah. But something I bet if I thought for, you know, if I gave it five minutes of thought, I could probably come up with a few ways to kind of incorporate them into things that we're already eating that they might, that they might get into. I just haven't done that yet. Yeah. How about you? Um, 
Well, it's funny you mentioned the ziti that was a part of your rotation for so long, because I am actually in search of some kind of a bake of any kind. It could be a tray of enchiladas. It could be a lasagna. It could be a ziti. But something that I can reliably count on myself to make ahead and make ahead could just be that morning or it could be like make ahead, truly make ahead and have for when Brian is traveling um, that the kids and I look forward to. And so that's what fancy sandwich night is also in this. But he's just traveling a lot lately. So I can't have we can't have fancy grilled cheese every night. Um, I'm thinking that some kind of enchiladas, especially if it's like an enchiladas verde, because like I talked about with the burritos, all three of my kids like the flavor profile of like a mild green salsa. Um, And I really love enchiladas, but I never make them. And I know they're easy. I know it's not hard. And you can do this with like a can of green chilies and a jar of salsa. It's like not it does not have to be overly precious. Um, I just haven't landed on the right recipe. And I kind of forget about this option of doing something ahead in a casserole dish and then putting it in the oven. But it's such a like high five to your future self to be like, oh, I already thought about dinner. I thought about dinner this morning or I thought about dinner yesterday. And now we just warm it up. So I think the thing that's a little it feels daunting about something like this in the rotation is it's a fair amount of work to your point about the ziti. It's a fair amount of work to do ahead and then bring it out and reveal it to your children. And then there's no way to like deconstruct enchiladas. It's not like my burritos where they can add their own ingredients. So if they don't like it, I feel like it's a bigger womp womp. So I think I just need to get over that and just try one that sounds good to me and have an option, have, have chips and salsa on the side and the kids can pound sand for a night, as we like to say. So I just need to try. I could have said multiple things exactly that you said one I love enchiladas two I know they're super easy (laughs) three I never think to make them now as you were talking it occurred to me that that's coming from a place in my mother my motherhood muscle memory uh an old old um story narrative that my kids won't eat things that are all mixed up together and I better always have something that they can take apart. Right. And I know that there was a time that my kids absolutely 100% would not have touched an enchilada, but that time is not now. They would eat it. Right. Right. I, I know think they would eat too. it. Probably two out yeah. of three, which is as good as I ever get. It's good as it's going to get. Anything. And yeah. you know what? Make the other ones, make the other ones a side of rice. Yeah. And then they can maybe scoop a little of the sauce on top yeah. of the rice or something. I mean, there's so many ways around this, but I'm just yeah. like you. I just, it never occurs to me. Let's, let's both like put this in our rotation. Yeah. <laughs> In the or in our meal plan, I guess it's not truly in the rotation until it's rotating. But yeah. let's try it and see how it goes over. Like in the well, next and every time, three weeks. like in our Facebook group, when someone's like, "Oh, when I'm having a baby next month, I've already made myself six trays of frozen enchiladas and put them in the freezer," and I'm like, "Who are these people?" Like, I've just not, I've never cracked the code of like how happy I'll be to to have something like that made ahead. And like I said, make ahead could be five hours or five months. It could it. I don't do any of it. And so if maybe if any listener wants to recommend us an easy uh, yeah. enchiladas fair day, I'm specifically looking for a green. I like the red too, but I think my kids will do better with green. I would so. like that. I'll like the green better as well. Yeah. I don't really, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of like a red sauce on that kind of food. I like the yeah. green sauces better. Um, but I do think we are going to find that this is so easy that we're going to be like kicking ourselves. I know. I know. But m- maybe that but it's is okay. What we we still have lots of meals. We have lots of meals left to eat in this lifetime. So it's true. It's all right. Well, hopefully we gave all of you listening um, maybe a few new ideas for the rotation. We'd love to hear what's in your regular rotation. You can find us at hello at the momhour.com. Megan, we've been getting a lot of emails lately. I think it's because I practically begged for some emails um, <laughs> in did, yes. an episode it sound, earlier it in January. It sounded a little needy, Sarah. <laughs> Got to be honest. I was telling people that um, we used to get emails from listeners all the time. And that, and then now we do our audience is even bigger, but I think people reach out via social media and that's nice too, but there's something about an email that just we love. And so we've been getting a lot lately. We continue to love them. We're hello at the momhour.com. And then another good way to catch our attention is in our private Facebook group, which we will link up in the show notes. Um, And we will talk to you all wherever you find us. And Megan, I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. 
And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at the mom hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.